Welcome to Geeks On, a podcast for geeks. <laughs> a hey, show. A geeks. show. Keep going. Oh, so Talking about I... topics that geeks like to talk about. This week, it's Geeks On Geek Entitlement. And we're keeping this open because I screwed it up so many times, everyone can just hear how awful this is going to start. So, anyway, welcome everybody to a new Geeks On. My name is Aaron Hendricks, and I'm a Star Trek geek and a board game geek. And, oh, fuck it. <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. Nailed it. We tried to, we tried to do a new uh, opening here, and this is how it's working. All right. Go, Matt. No, no, no. You, you drink. Where, where is it? All right. My name is Matt King. I'm a Star Wars geek and an, and, and an everything geek here in Los Angeles, and I'm a geek. I said geek a lot. That's why we need to do that over. All right. Let's do this over. Oh, so from the beginning. Come on. Hi. My name is Aaron Hendricks. And I like Star Trek, board games, and Star Wars, and I'm a geek. My name is Matt King. I'm a Star Wars and steampunk geek here in Los Angeles. Pass it on. <laughs> it doesn't quite work, does it? No, let's do it again. Hey, my name is Matt King. I like Star Wars and steampunk. I'm a geek. Hi, hello, my name is Ira Heineken. Uh, I am a huge overall sci-fi geek. I would say that my favorite Star Trek movie uh, would have to be Galaxy Quest. No, no, no. It would have to be the, the Kirk versus the giant head, right? Five. Five. Five, right? Uh, pardon me. What does God need with a starship? <laughs> Which is a great Star Trek line, by the way, even though it's in that movie. <laughs> Uh, hey, my name's Liz Ho. I'm a trekker. I love drag queens and fluffy dogs. Perfect. <laughs> and we are geeks. We are so geeks. Well, welcome everybody to Geeks On. Thank you very much for joining us. This is going to be a big mega Geeks On where we have news and a main topic like old school. Mega Geeks On. Yeah. Uh, but first, how was everybody's geek week? Did anybody do anything geeky? Oh no! Well, I took a I took a um, a photograph of my daughter on on uh, Lake Tahoe, and I had found these railroad tracks leading into the lake, and I had this moment of going, "That's a Miyazaki film," and so I like, <laughs> and so my daughter was really tolerant of standing in absolutely mountain cold snow still on the mountains icy cold lake water glacier will fed like, exactly yes. shivering her butt off while dad went no 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 move to the right another inch another inch another inch it yeah, looked just it. like the frame though it did it you really nailed it. yeah i can I, I can attest i saw the photo matt and you you I, and you i'm assuming that you did that from your memory of yeah. the of the scene yeah 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 absolutely because there's no cell service on lake tahoe which is weird because it's rich peepleville so you know, yeah, who, who knows? So, but yeah, no, it's it, it was it was really really cool, and and uh, I was just like, oh my god, Miyazaki, I just want to do that picture. So, yeah, you um, can keep your your geek credentials then Matt. for another week. I get my card. Yep. Yes, <laughs> um, I am catching up on video games, <laughs> and I just finally finished uh, Tomb Raider. I played it in like a week, really. What do you mean, like the first one? Like no, the second. No, the second. That, that would one. be really catching up. No, the second one that came out this uh, uh, last winter, and uh. it's great. It's another. It's another good uh, a Tomb Raider video game. Um, I'm a little sad that it not that many people bought it, mm. um, but 
it's uh, pretty fun. So if anybody finds it out there, I mean, hell, now you can find it used. Uh, I bought it on Google. They have 50% off sales now and then. Or, sorry, Amazon. And uh, so I bought uh, half price, and it was totally worth it. Oh, that's isn't awesome. That, isn't that the one that was, like, super ultra bloody? Uh, they're both are. all the, the whole reboot has been ultra bl- bloody. And I have to say that's little unfortunate because it doesn't feel like the original tomb raider um the original was just pixels and boobs so (laughs) true this is i mean the new and pixel boobs well this new stuff is real violent i mean like seriously violent moves it just seems a little i've said it the last time i reviewed the, the the reboot uh tomb raider last year two years ago it just that part feels uh out of place with uh laura croft but yeah. you know it's still a good game don't well, play it in front of your kids though right exactly well i've had to do that with fallout like a number of times now where it's like okay daddy's playing a game for half an hour get out of the room can't look no are we sure it's playing a game well <laughs> what is that supposed to be? why would you why porn yeah <laughs> oh, uh, oh, like uh, tomb raider <laughs> Right, Tomb Raider. Um, so my, I, what I, I was never uh, a huge gamer. Um, like even, uh, even later, like later on when I was in college. Um, but recently, I have decided that I was missing a whole segment of amazingness, and so I have started playing some of the like died through and through classics. Okay. Uh, as kind of like my exploration and foray into this world of storytelling and imagination, and I'm curious what you sync. consider classics now. Well, so what I am play- what I started playing about a month ago. Um, Get ready. Is uh, the first Bioshock. Oh, okay. Wait. You mean the uh, uh, the one that came out like uh, eight years ago? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think like two thousand seven or something. Okay. Along those lines. For us, uh, for us, real oldie gamers, we would we were like, are you going with Archon? Or are you are you going with? Yeah, like- well, no, and let me clarify. I mean, like, I we had a we had like a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo back in the day. Like Super Mario World was my jelly jam. Um, but I mean, I mean, gaming culture as it exists now. Right, right. OK. It's so much it's so much different, you know, and I never really got even the early computer games, you know, that were kind of immersive like this. Although, I mean, what I understand is that Bioshock is a game that's even kind of being outmoded as it is in terms of the, you know, st- not quite linear storyline, but very much like storyline levels, you know, preceding. Yeah linearly through a story well it's, Someone it's was a, telling me that that's kind of disappearing it's a, it's uh, a touchstone it's a, it's a touchstone right. i mean it's basically like you know star wars knights of the old republic is a touchstone bioshock is a touchstone you know because bioshock really raised the level of storytelling i mean oh, really, man, really and that's what i was gonna say like it's it's next level in terms of the world and the storytelling like it's it's, mm-hmm. it's wonderful i'm really really enjoying it so that was my geeky thing that i've been doing lately and by the way just because um uh, on rail video games are seem to be phasing out a bit. It don't dismiss that type of video game because I miss it in Tomb Raider. Uh, right. They they try to do this semi open world thing, and it quite frankly does not work in it. I wish it was more like 
Uncharted, which is just like Bioshock. It's on rails. Yeah, that's what I, I hear. That I've heard wonderful things about that game. That might be the next one I check out. Yeah, well, the 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 original one, all the way up to this one, is fantastic. I have not played this last Uncharted, uh, mainly because I'm waiting to buy a PlayStation. Right. Um, I'm <laughs> waiting just... till after E3. Yeah, they just play like they play like they play like movies. You just feel right. like you're in. Yeah. You, play, you feel like you're in oh a movie God. the whole way. You know, it's it's, it's so it's, cinematic. Yeah, and you feel like Indiana Jones the whole way through. So, yeah. and that's what you get with those on rail games. The triggers and the big moments happen because there's carefully constructed this open world style game, which is great for a lot of games. Uh, you rarely get those type of moments, so it's just. You know, it's one game does well one way, one game does well another way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know. Well, well, it's interesting with Fallout 4. Fallout 4 has become, you know, the I mean, it's a sandbox game, right? So like like right. Uh, Grand Theft Auto or anything or or, or uh, Red Dead Redemption, you're 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 out there to just sort of sit around in the environment. And Fallout doesn't hit like, like Red Dead Redemption was the one game that actually hit me, like gave me PTSD. Like that, yeah. game, that game bugged me out because you're constantly waiting to get shot in the back. Um, Fallout, just like I, I leave that game and for whatever reason, I start looking for duct tape everywhere. Like because you know, <laughs> it, it's it's such a commodity. Right. So, you know, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I need to go you know, I'll look at duct tape. Like, why are you just leaving that on the table? You know? I, <laughs> I did that with uh, Last of Us. I would play Last of Us great one of the best games ever made yeah absolutely. Uh, same people who <laughs> who made uh, uncharted make not naughty dog but you're scrounging for any type of material and lit- literally i'd walk through the the rest of the day looking at you know things on the table go hmm that would be useful that would be useful <laughs> that piece of rope over there why why are you throwing away that rope what you know <laughs> It just you know you, you get and this that's weird when Aaron mind. became a hoarder yeah exactly <laughs> I blame Naughty Dog. <laughs> we should actually bring this back up when we're talking about our fan stuff later, because it's uh, it, it 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 harkens to that is that maybe perhaps because things are becoming so immersive that that um, they uh, they're actually becomes more ownership of the material. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Liz, so what did you do on your gig week? I saw Little Mermaid live at the Hollywood Bowl where I sang <laughs> along with pop stars and talk about immersive experience and people really enjoying themselves and dressing up. It was really fun. <laughs> so there were a lot of cosplayers there? Yeah, there was an amazing cosplayer. There was a woman who was dressed as, I don't know if you remember, Ursula becomes Vanessa, um, the human, and she's in a wedding dress and... Uh, all the creatures come to stop the wedding, including a starfish that lands on her face. Mm-hmm. And so this woman dressed up as Vanessa with the wedding dress and had a starfish on her face <laughs> and wow. was holding um, Scuttle because um, Scuttle's the one who leads the attack. So it was really cool. I, I feel like I've seen a lot of Little Mermaid cosplay, and that one really took the cake for me. Oh, wow. That was at Hollywood Bowl? Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you guys go back to Harry Potter again, or were, were you just posting pictures of Harry Potter? We've those gone were, twice. Those were later grams. Ah. Uh, <laughs> oh, the Universal uh, Harry yes. Potter world? Yes, that's now yes. out. That's now so you out. can actually get in there now without it being a hellhole? Oh, I don't, oh, I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's also it's also I mean tourism season is just about to kick off, right. so it's probably a shit show. So so what's good? What's good about it? Oh man, uh, I I think that probably the star of uh, Harry Potter Land uh, is uh, Ollivanders. Really? Ollivanders is wonderful. Yeah, it's really cool. Is I it just like the wand shop? It is the wand shop, and there's an immersive experience that if you're an adult, you probably won't get picked to find a wand, but if you're a kid, you will. Yeah, they do a wand choosing. Um, I think the set dressing, they did a really good job uh, with the set dressing. Um, and if you get an interactive wand, I feel like that opens a whole second layer. So to... if, you, if, you buy a, if you spend the money on a super wand then you can walk around the whole park and the wand does things right it does yeah well harry potter land which is the size right. of you know a postage stamp but yeah that's yes. i that that is what i would say is the downside to harry potter land is Watch that it's it. not that big mm. um but yeah and uh the leaky cauldron was a lot of fun there was it was good food wait was it leaky no, no, cauldron no it was three broomsticks sorry three broomsticks um yeah that was a lot of fun you can also mail a letter from there, from the Owlry, and they have a special stamp they'll post on it. So that was fun, sending off letters saying, like, you got accepted into Hogwarts. And the merch is awesome. Did you actually know people's addresses? Yeah, I have something called a phone. Boom. <laughs> With addresses on there? Yeah. That's huh. the way she rolls. I did not have that on my phone. I guess I should have said I'm a very crafty person. I like snail mail, so... <laughs> I need to embrace that. <laughs> no, you don't. Hey, Aaron, I still remember your phone number. I, I, I actually have it memorized. So, oh, wow. I'm, I'm, say, I'm, it I'm, yeah, say it out loud. Say it out loud, and then he has to believe. Uh, he has to believe. Uh, I will. So, so if you're in jail, I'll be the one you call <laughs> because I'm the only phone number you know. <laughs> okay, why don't we move on to news? Uh, this All might right. go pretty quickly because. Uh, I just grabbed a couple things. But one thing I just want to talk about is E3, the video game conference, is uh, coming up next week in Los Angeles. I'm going to go on Tuesday. Uh, Monday is when uh, Microsoft and Sony uh, make their big announcements. And uh, the news story I want to talk about is the rumor that is everyone pretty much says is true, that both companies will be announcing new hardware like new consoles wait what yeah so this is a yeah, five uh, versions of the existing consoles yeah that's what the public is calling it you know point five versions um but uh they don't like to use that because it sounds you know not worth the money and we're not sure exactly if it will be or not but the question is is this is happening way earlier than it's ever happened before mm. and i'm wondering if they're going to uh, get away with it um huh. people, one of the things that people like about buying a console is that you buy it and you get to keep it for eight years and yeah. it just works uh, unlike a PC in which you're feeling like you need to upgrade it. Upgrade, and upgrade, 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 absolutely. Right. Um, and so this breaks that a bit. Huh. So That's Aaron, interesting. I have a question. You said that you were waiting maybe to buy a new console. Would this tip your hat or your hand towards either one? Uh, well, 
first of all, I, I already own an Xbox One, which is the uh-huh. latest Xbox right. Microsoft product. I decided not to buy a PlayStation 4, uh, mainly because both machines are pretty much the same thing. And so it just comes down to if there's some game on the PlayStation that is not on the Xbox. That's the only reason at this point. Well, there happens to be. It's Uncharted, and that is actually a game, a system seller for me. I love that game so much that I would... That you would invest for that. Yeah, that and a couple other games that are coming out, like uh, No Man's Sky, which is an open universe game where it has uh, trillions of planets that you can explore. Um, oh, I read about that. Yes. yes. <laughs> and how the, it's like they're like there are planets that were built that we'll never see. Yeah. Well, and it's they're, all they're planets. They're planets that you might start on that you'll never see that you could actually colonize, go start on. And every single one of them expands the world. To me, this feels like Ready Player One. It feels yeah. like it literal a literal representation of Ready Player One, or at least maybe a first iteration of Ready Player One. So yeah. that's a PS4 game, huh? So that one's going to be a PS4 game. But so, you know, I'm willing to to buy a PlayStation. But now the reason why I'm waiting is because these rumors came out. Well, if there's a PlayStation 4.5 and all it does is allow me to play uh, 4K video uh, on a 4K monitor, I don't own a 4K monitor and I don't care to. That would not get me to spend more money. Uh, Microsoft, uh, I I like Xbox games. They they look fine to me. I'm I don't feel like I need to upgrade. Except, here's the thing that would get me to to, to embrace new consoles. If they said a, you'd be able to play all the same games, except for the new consoles are embracing Our... virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Right. Because. The reality is of virtual reality is that uh, the current consoles would barely be able to run a virtual reality game. Right. And so they just aren't powerful enough. Right. Um, I've experienced I've been um, I've been looking into VR. In fact, I think I'm going to buy a full on VR rig. Are you going to buy the Oculus? Are you going to buy the Oculus? No, I'm going to think I buy the HTC Vive. It's a. To me, just a better experience. Okay. Um, but it takes a monster of a PC to run those things. Mm. And right. th- that is not a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One. Those are not monsters. Right. So I think they could get away with this if they connected it to additional feature. If you just say the game's going to look better, I don't think anybody needs that right now. Like what the games think? look great. <laughs> what if they awkward uh, offered uh, backward compatibility as well? They they have to. That yeah. that is those that they've already said it. The days of resetting your game library every console is over. There's that. I guarantee you, you'll be able to play the game that you've just bought today, fifteen years from now on a console if they're still making consoles back then or uh, in the future. I think they've learned their lesson that this whole, uh, you know, the next iteration of your console has to live on a new architecture of of, uh, chip and and, uh, video card is over, that people are sick and tired of that crap. Mm. And we want to play our old damn games because they still look good. 
And we just want the new features. How much yeah. do the rigs cost? I, I mean, I've looked at VR right now. I've seen I've seen a lot of videos of people experiencing it more than I've actually seen videos of actual VR. Um, so, what what is what's the price point on like a, a VR uh, on a VR helmet and stuff like that? Okay, well, I've looked into this. So right now, there's really two, three main. There's three choices really right now, and I think next week there'll be more than that uh, after each. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there is Oculus, uh, right. which was the guys who kind of they they're the ones that kind of jumped into the the public first with yeah, this. and then sold it to Facebook, <laughs> right? Um, and it was probably a good idea because the Facebook had money, <laughs> right? Right. They, they had the money, and that's right now that's six hundred dollars. That's for the headset. Okay. Um, and you hook that. You have to, but you have to have a PC that probably costs fifteen hundred bucks. So right? you have to have a PC in order to run that. You can't run it on Mac. No, no, nope. no. Okay. Um, that's just a software thing at this point. But you need to have a bitching graphics card. Right. Okay. Um, but it doesn't come with any hand units. In other words, at that point, you're sitting down in front of your computer and you're using right. an xbox controller right right yeah the the htc vive um is an 800 machine that or 800 device it comes with these hand controllers and it comes with these uh what they call lighthouses you put in the corner of your room and you can walk around in virtual reality and it tracks you oh, that's fun that yeah. experience I, i've i've tried both of them it leaves the oculus in the dust wow. comes to immersion. Right. You're literally walking around, looking at your virtual hands, picking up objects and throwing them. And it's, it's dr dramatically different. Wow. Now, now with that one, I think, I think my favorite video with that one is this girl who's playing a zombie game and just, they keep yeah. on emerging out of the dark at her and she's just freaking out more and more and more and more and more. But what's great is she gets these amazing groupings. She's like a really good shot. Um, she just by the end of it, she's just shaking in a puddle on the floor because these things are it's, charging her. I was like, "Wow, that's a that's no joke." You um, you would be surprised at the feeling of presence when there's something you feel like in the room with you there's a demo of essentially uh, that uh, steam put out of uh, or uh, valve put out which is uh, the port one of the portal characters walks into a room and it's like a little robot and he's talking to you when he walk when that door opens up and he walks into the room and he's towering over you mm -hmm. you you step back it feels like there is a being there it's not the same as like looking at it in your television mm -hmm. it there is this presence there that you feel. It's like it's hard to explain, and you can watch videos about it. But when you put that thing on, it's a completely different thing. It's a whole new. It's a whole new frontier. I'm gonna sound man. like the sicko here because I brought. This will be the second time I brought up porn. <laughs> <laughs> My friends and I were talking about this. How this is going to change the porn industry completely. It it, it already has, and they've already released like. Uh, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of videos already. Sure. I and they'll make a killing. I remember yeah. seeing this guy demo it on Gawker, and it was spectacularly hilarious. Yes, that's that's where I found out about it. Yeah. Well, there is, 
I think there's still a long way. The thing that I, I don't quite get yet that people are, are, are trying to fit into VR is VR movies. No, see the uh-huh. thing is that that and this is this this sort of hits Liz and I where we where we live is that is that this is on an interactive contract, right? And this is where where video games and TV and movies are all starting to blur. And you know, this is why when we were doing an interactive contract negotiation this year and I was really just adamant about about, hey, we need to get some protections in place because this is where things are really starting to get hazy about our performances. Because when I'm going and I'm performing for a video game lately, like when I I, I did a bunch of stuff uh, for the latest Far Cry um, that was really weird. Uh, but, you know, you're jumping around in green screen space with a bunch of dots on your face. So you're doing virtual golem work. But it's coming out and it's being mapped as a video game character. And your performance is your performance in 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 real life. So it's 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 really getting hazy in terms of like what we're what we're moving towards. So it, well, in that well, you're in in virtual reality. I think the interaction is a thing that's very important, mm-hmm. uh, like a. A movie that just happens around you, mm-hmm. I could see maybe being like, I could see being uh, overwhelmed by being on stage with a rocks with Bono while he does a live performance. Uh, but I don't see storytelling working as well because you don't get to guide, uh, you don't get to guide the audience by using close-ups and cuts and stuff. So you're really just kind of standing there watching something unfold. I don't really see the point. But yeah, it comes, kind of has well, to be... You know, well, that's called uh, theater. You know? It is. Uh, right. But this um, medium is kind of inherently participative. Right. When, you, when you're able to it direct... When you're able to direct the narrative because you're interacting... Yeah then it becomes more interesting. Uh, but porn, where you're literally just sitting there watching the actors do it around you, uh, I'm not sure how much better that would be than just watching it on TV. Yeah. I don't know. They, they put people in the first-person perspective, and I was watching yes. this thing where they had like eight people going, you know, watching these women just absolutely crawl out of their skins going like, oh, 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 I have a penis. I have a penis. <laughs> that was hilarious. And and but to me, that's like, oh, wow, you're 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 giving people a first person's perspective. You know, it's like this. New, what was the new film that's coming out or already came out? The um, the one with Charlton Copley. Um, God, what was it? It's like uh, Hardcore Henry or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. uh... Is it out already? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that, well, out. the first person perspective makes me think of Strange Days. Right. Right. Like, you, exactly. Strange Days is what I was thinking of, too. But but if you're doing a first person's perspective within virtual reality, that's way different than just, you know, because Hardcore Henry on the on the movie screen, I was looking at it going, this is too much. This is like a vomit comment for me. Right. Yeah. But but it's in, even worse. Than, it's even worse than VR then. Well, I don't know. If you if you're not propelling yourself and the world's doing it for you, it's, it's a, like a big vomitous mess. Mm. 
Yeah, you, you know, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because that was one of my thoughts too about about VR and how much more visceral it is. And it makes me wonder if it will actually change the tone of these video games to be a little less hardcore because it's so much in your face. It's so right there and it's so right in front of you. At I least for might. at least for the majority. I'm sure there will be you'll have your extremes, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think it will until it doesn't, you know, and then we'll have yeah. the, we'll have the fight again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on from VR. Okay, uh, so how- now let's bring up a point with this because this is interesting as well along the same uh, along the same lines but not a little different mm-hmm. is that Microsoft uh, just completely hosed their PC base by shoving Microsoft 10 down everybody's throats. Uh, yeah, I read about this, and it's it's interesting to me because it's the really the first time that we've gone. Not only do you not have a choice in our operating system you'll take what we have and you'll like it Um, well what really happened though was that they were unclear about the button clicks it asked you do you want to do you want to auto update and it said yes no and it had like a little x you know the little close the dialog box which most people i think thought meant cancel i don't want to do either like let's just can't like don't ask me and when they did that, it just said yes. <laughs> mm. Or if you had set it to auto update, it had never auto uh, or auto update software. It had never auto updated the the whole operating system. Operating system, before. yeah. So it just kicked in. So I do mean, you not think... even not even Mac does that. <laughs> well, right. Well, yeah, they even offer you. They they're like, hey, do you want to do this? I mean, that was. They just steal your music. That's all. The yeah. problem is, is the problem was, is they they were very unclear about like installing it. They just kind of right. Well, like, and I think they were bad. You know, they did the same thing that they did they did with Windows ninety five, but they they did it against Windows seven users. Is that Windows seven users actually had an OS finally that worked, and Microsoft that that's only really happened twice. So it was really really kind of suddenly we're going to foist this janky system back on you that's completely ad-laden, and it seemed like a, a really, really dumb move. And they sort of, I don't know, they, I feel like they, they lost a lot of trust and ca- uh, credibility, at least in the forums that I've seen people talking about it. I think that they, I think they, like, Apple users are semi-used to this. Um, it, it's always clear when you're updating, but... It is encouraged <laughs> greatly right. to update, and they get these really high rates of um, of people upgrading their system. It's like you know they get up to like eighty percent, um, and they you know Microsoft has like thirty percent mm. because people right. still use like Windows ninety five. Right. Yeah. Well, how often has Microsoft been offering? See, for me as a Mac user, the reason why I update, I'm part of that 80 percent is because on the one hand that it's free. And on the other hand, that I have yet to have had a significant issue with any of their updates, like their updates have always worked for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I so does Microsoft fall into either of those categories? When was the last time they were giving away a, a new operating system for free? Well, but also the, the last one was free. Uh, but also uh, with Apple, 
it does tend to brick your phone. I mean, you know, if you don't update, then you're like, why is my phone stopped working? Why does why are these weird that things? Is, that's you know, that is true. That is but true. That's, but but, but on that, the oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Adam. I was just saying, you know, that's why Microsoft. That's why they all want you to upgrade is because it it does make it easier for them to maintain current security systems, software upgrades, all that stuff on their end. Unfortunately, all the third-party pro- programs may not have been upgraded to the new system. So you might have woken up in the morning and that 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 application that your office hasn't updated yet won't work because it auto-updated, you know, to Windows whatever. Yeah. Mm. It's it's my feeling about Microsoft, you know, and, and the world of PCs is that it's because I, I I mean, up until recently, I was a very I was a lifelong PC user. It's it, it's the Wild West. Do you know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. open system versus closed system. And mm-hmm. both both systems have their advantages and their disadvantages. But as someone who did make the switch, I, I'm very I've, I've been very happy with the closed system model because it's so consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe that's the reason why people got upset is because they are used to taking care of that part themselves, making right. those decisions. You know, they they're the tinkerers. They they're the ones that you know. And Apple users are like, okay, <laughs> you're taking me where? All right, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's you know? go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, oh. You're right. I, ah. I heard I heard the scuttlebutt too. Not being a PC guy, and mm. I still heard about it. Well, I stopped using PC because I have children, and I didn't need another child. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's what PCs are. They're children. They get sick. You have to take care of them. They work. Some work really well, and they're very bright. And other ones are kind of dumb, and you kind of have to, you know, shepherd them a little and make sure they get fed. Oh, man, I had a wow. Windows ME system that I babied for like three or four years. Yeah, you got to get them. should have been shot. <laughs> you got to you got to get them off the boob, Ira. You got to get yeah. them off the boob. Well, it was literally that this was right. This was actually back when Liz and I were first starting to see each other. She couldn't use I couldn't let her use the computer because it would if anybody else used it except me, it would freeze up. I swear to God, I touched the mouse and be like, nope. No, you can't. Adapt. You can't scroll. You can't move the mouse to the left like that. Too sensitive. Lord, <laughs> Lord. True story. Yeah, true story. Tom Hiddleston as the new James Bond. I'm I all think... over it. Yes. What? No. Yes. This is... yes. All right. Why? So this it's is a terrible choice. This is it's not a terrible choice, Matt. Yes, this... I am. But you know, Tom Hiddleston is just as bad. <laughs> Don't talk okay. to us about Tom Hiddleston. <sighs> he has not officially got it. We the 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 rumors are he's been talking to them about the role. Um, of those of you who do not know who this actor is, he's Loki. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has a, a, a Loki fan base. Yeah, from that indie movie, The Avengers. Right. Um, I don't quite get it either. I think he's a fine actor. Um, I don't get the fandom around him. I don't either. But um, what what is okay? Wait, let's talk to the only girl. What is it? Ira, it's, what is it? Ira, what is it? <laughs> you called. <laughs> so explain. Uh, no, I think he's a great actor, and mm-hmm. I think he's sexy. There's, I'm trying to find his Tumblr page. Is he really sexy? Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
See, like if they had said, well, we're going to try and give this to Fassbender, I would have been like, yeah, okay, I get that. No, you know, that, that makes like, complete uh, sense. Fassbender again. Right. But that makes sense. No, like, it doesn't. Pull <laughs> that off. Like, but does, at but least. Does, I love this Tom, argument right now. It's like, well, yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's but, not. Like, you give Tom Hiddleston, I mean, he could be a doc. He could be one of the Doctor Who things. I mean, I don't think. He needs to bulk up. No, it's not even that he needs to bulk up. I, I, he's just not dangerous. You guys you know, he, keep... Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you go, Matt. No, no. Pierce Brosnan was more dangerous than Tom Hiddleston. Mm. See, I, I, I disagree. I, the reason why I think I'm I would not say that I'm a huge Tom Hiddleston fan, to be honest, actually. I think he's fine. But the yeah. reason why I can see him as Bond is because I do see a little bit of bad boy in him, no. which is a fun thing to, you know, a, 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 a crucial element for for Bond to have. You're going to say no to, to Idris Elba. Absolutely. No, not. no, no, no. James Absolutely Bond can't not. be black Idris Elba, uh, forever but... in my heart will be the first. African American James Bond. He should have been. Uh, well, he's he should... not African American, so. Wow, that's right. Watch yourself. English Black Bond. Black, Black Bond. He he was in The Wire. It doesn't make him. He's a Baltimorean. Uh, yeah, no, I I mean, if it were between Tom Hiddleston or Idris Elba, of course I would pick Idris Elba. But do I think Tom Hiddleston would be an interesting Bond that I would be excited to see? The answer is yes. Okay, so Matt. Yes. And all all geek listeners, you should go to Loki's Monster Crotch.tumblr.com. <laughs> and God. that will show you why he's a sex symbol. Because let me tell you, the he, last week of trailer I was in, he is packing some heat. <laughs> no. Yes. Come on. I'm going to show fine. you why. That's fine, this, but, but that's his not. Middle, his middle name is actually Jones, Tom Jones Hiddleston. That was so dumb. <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> Tom Jones no, has a big thing, that's what I'm saying. No. Like I could uh, I group Tom Hiddleston with like with like Matt Smith and and the other doctors. I I mean I could see him like he's got that sort of boyish quality to him. Boyish is not James Bond. And I I don't Well, here's here's the thing. I think that we've been um we've been spoiled by having our current Bond being a uh, look debonair, but also look like he could smash the living piss out of you. Like he could save the, the, the world. living daylights. He could, yes, he could <laughs> smash the living daylights out of you. Uh, unlike Pierce Brosnan, who looked good in a tuxedo, he looked good sitting there gambling, but he didn't look like he could save the world. Actually, and, you know what's funny? Have you have you ever seen where they they did the um you know how they all walk on through the through the gun sight and then they shoot? Yeah. Right. They they actually tracked him to see who actually was dead. Like if you're firing back down the bullet path, <laughs> who, would, like, who would have shot who, who is actually accurate. Right. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan by a mile is the most accurate. <laughs> By a somebody mile. figured that out. Yeah, they actually did. Somebody yeah. mapped it. Wonderful. I'm okay. I'm okay with a with a live Bond. You know. I am too. He's not live. He's boyish. He's... Dude, are you looking at the picture on this article that no with birth movies death? Because you really should. I mean, he looks no, like he looks Bond. he looks good. He looks good in that picture. I agree. He looks Bondish there. I oh. There's potential. No, he doesn't. He looks like he belongs on the Lido deck of the love boat. Come on. Guys, guys, <laughs> if I had to choose between Tom Hiddleston and Idris, I'd be like, why can't we have both? <laughs> That's a good point. Back to why? point. 
It's <laughs> now. Let's back. go back to VR porn. So that fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I just wanted to bring. I had a feeling that was going to be a no. uh, contentious topic. Go pick an unknown again. Damn it! Come on. I think the guy's great. I think he's a wonderful actor. I don't think he's Bond. All right. All right. Well, Matt, come back to, uh, to us next week with yeah. a uh, secondary, uh, secondary casting. All right. All right. The last piece of news, Asian, which, sorry. yeah, Asian Bond. Asian, sure. That'd yeah. be fine. Yeah. You should you should find one and next next week. Um, oh, what's, well, yeah, but he's getting everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we love Kihong. No, like somebody, like maybe an unknown, like somebody who's it doesn't. I mean, you know. I, I think unknown bonds are a good idea, too. Come on. Come on. Okay. Last news story, which is going to lead us to the main topic. All right. Um, this was a report that came out last week. A, um, a reporter from uh, Kotaku, uh, through his sources, found out ahead of time that the video game No Man's Sky, which we briefly talked about a little bit earlier, was going to be delayed five or six weeks. It was uh-huh. a rumor at the time, but he said he had sources. He then started getting death threats from uh, people online through Twitter and other various social media, uh, threatening his life uh, for trying to sabotage the game and to, you know, to spread vicious rumors. And, uh, and then a week later, the game creator, super nice guy, this guy's like really nice guy. He then announces that, yes, it is true that the game is going to be delayed five or six weeks. And then he started getting death threats from angry gamers saying they've waited long enough. And now he's going to have to die. Dude. Um, this is crazy. Well, I mean, it's, uh, have you been to the internet? Yeah. Cause, cause I mean, this is, this is basically, it's a good thing that words don't kill people. Yeah. Absolutely. We would all be dead. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, this is nothing new, but the thing is that, that just the level of vitriol and the level of immediacy that you can immediately get this response, I think is, is, uh, is what's really hitting people is that, that, you know, you put something creative out in a space and it's like four seconds later you get, you know, your mom sucks a bag. It's like, okay. Um, really? Okay. Like there's no delay. There's no delicious in that bag. Yeah. Yeah, That's why she was sucking on it. You know, like could be anything. Could be very, could be a chocolate cake. Could be juice. Could be Idris Elba. (laughs) That leads us to our main topic. Yes. So the main topic, uh, strangely enough, uh, we thought of this before this article came out about uh, the game creator being uh, threatened. But Matt, you found uh, this topic, sent it to me, about geek entitlement. Yeah. What was the name of this article? I can't even uh, it is. It is very, it's called Fandom is Broken. Oh, right. Uh Devin Faraci uh, wrote this for Birth Movies Death, and I thought it was such a fantastic article because it basically said, what if Annie Wilkes had the Internet? Uh, Annie Wilkes is, of course, uh, the antagonist of of Stephen King's Misery, right? Uh, She's the one who does that great scene where she hobbles him. 
Um, she's an Uber fan. She's an Uber fan, and she, you know, she she corners she corners uh, who is who's who's the actor who's playing uh, who's playing um, the Stephen King King like character in that uh, Paul Sun- who's playing Sunny. Yeah, who's playing Sunny? Yeah, um, uh, Con James Con James Con. Thank you. <laughs> Immediately, of course, because we're talking geeks, I was like, no, it wasn't Ricardo Montalban. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, but yeah, just James Con's playing Paul Sheldon, and. He's cornered by Annie Wilkes, who wants him to write a new Misty Chastain novel because he's, he's killed her off in the last thing. And he, he you know, he's like, no. And she basically traps him and and is 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 going to kill him if he doesn't. So uh, go watch Misery if you haven't seen it. It's a fantastic movie. But basically, this has become the Internet for good or for uh, or for worse in terms of everything that we've seen lately. I mean, you know, from into 2012 when mass effect three like the fact that people didn't like the ending so we're gonna raise threatening the company exactly we're send so much of an uproar that they actually rewrote it they actually rewrote the ending of that um but it's become (laughs) yeah no it was terrible but i mean but but just because i didn't like episode one of star wars you know we didn't charge the gates of lucasfilm and demand uh, a remake you know, and I don't think he would have done it anyway. It's just well, become participatory creation. And that's really interesting. It's from from I mean, like the this new thing with with Elsa having to have a girlfriend in Frozen 2, because, you know, there's this huge uh, fan base that basically says Elsa should have a girlfriend. So it's like we, this is what we want. And and we would like we you demand. to create we this is what we would like you to create. So go do that. Can I read a quote that I think? Yeah just entitles everything from the article, which is it's all about demanding what you want out of the story, believing that the story should be tailored to your individual needs, not the expression of the creators. Mm. And I think that really rings true, at least for me with this new breed of fandom on the internet. Well, Well, what I found very interesting in reading this was uh, the, one of the very first things I thought about, uh, seeing the headline and starting to read it is, you know, how how much things change and how much they stay the same, which this very article brings up going all the way back to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle with Sherlock and all of the piles of shit that he would get yeah. about what people wanted to see from Sherlock. Well, so, he also ki- killed off Sherlock and he got because he because he hated, hated him because he yeah. right. Exactly. But so, he brought him back because he was like, OK. <laughs> We are definitely expressing it in different ways, and we have different levels of access. But this feeling that people have is nothing new in terms of wanting to have, you know, control over when you ingest something creative, it becomes so personal to you that a side effect of that can be this sense of, you know, this story is mine. Right. Well, okay. First of all, let me, let me do two things. Let me just read off just a couple of things that he mentioned in the article and a couple of things I thought of examples of it. Matt, you mentioned Mass Effect three ending Mm -hmm. Gamergate where a woman. uh, That's, that's, I mean, you went from, you went from basically where, 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 I mean, you went from sort of A to Z. I mean, that, that's, yeah, I think Gamergate is where we really cross the line. Right. Well, then we have recently this week, Captain America is a Hydra agent. Whoa, spoiler alert. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The Call of Duty trailer that came out a couple of weeks ago is like one of the most disliked YouTube videos ever. And if you read the comments, um, it's like, 
it's like uh, some type of I mean, it's crazy the type of stuff that's on there. And it's uh, really piling on because, I mean, I was like, yeah, it's it's not doesn't look like a great game, but it's not that bad. No, of course not. Um, there's actors out there like the woman who played the, people cast a, a woman cast as Wonder Woman or Ben Affleck receiving awful emails. These are just some of the examples. But let me just say that we all are, uh, I, at least the geeks I know, are guilty of the entitlement part. Oh, of course. Uh, because that's what our show partly is based off. We sit there and argue about which Bond should be. We have these, you know, because Bond is part, it is it is ours. That's what art is. We, we identify, it becomes us. We read Harry Potter novels and it becomes our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do feel like, you know, we're entitled to a good next, you know, another book. Or, you know, um, uh, Ridley Scott screwing up uh, Prometheus. Oh, we've had plenty to say about that. Uh-huh. The difference is, I think, is what we do with those feelings. Yeah. I having, think there's a very clear line. Yeah. And it's, you know, us arguing, having fun arguing back and forth about the mistakes that George Lucas made on one through three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can make any damn movie he wants to. Yeah, is that, and, and that's the and that's where I think the line needs to be drawn is that is that people don't you know, I respect George Lucas's uh, the fact that he is the highest paid independent filmmaker of all time. You know, is that that this guy goes out and he makes his movie no matter what. I think that is bloody awesome. Do I absolutely detest one through three and think that they could be made so much better? Absolutely. Do I have my absolutely personal opinions about how they should have done it? Absolutely. But, you know, am I willing to pile on to anybody to tell them exactly why my way is better? Absolutely. That's what makes me a geek. But... You're but not going to you, send him an email telling that he, you're no. waiting outside for him. No, absolutely not. <laughs> although, although when I I did work on a on a on a Star Wars related project and and I talked to Dave Filoni who created Clone Wars, um, and I did you know go deep into his ear, going, "Here's what you should tell George he should do." Right. So well, he, he yeah. probably agreed with you. Yeah. It's, no, it's Dave, also different Dave's when someone's a, a, asking for feedback, you know. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But he was not. <laughs> so what? And, and I gave it to him. Uh, so what do you think of is that the genesis of this entitlement is just being a fan? Well, I, it? I well, I would say that it that it that it comes hand in hand with geek culture coming to the forefront is that we we you have to admit with Civil War being the biggest movie out and then, you know, the little prince is coming. I mean, they're all the geek culture is writ large, 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 more so than it ever has been before. And with that comes that absolute rabid enthusiasm. You know, we are geeks are the ones who take the joke one too far and it's not funny anymore we're the ones who take the fandom and say oh my god yeah i love that so much you should check out my cabinet that i have all of harry potter's wands yeah so if you've not only taken um ownership of this culture if you've not only taken ownership of the material but you've sort of felt like i've paid my uh, i voted for this with my dollars 
And with the fact that I've bought, you know, X amount of Captain America stuff over the years and I've put the tattoo on my arm, then absolutely this is this is mine, too. And I have ownership of it. You know, that that Captain America thing was spooky because, you know, it was like what was the main threat that I saw um, saw the creator get. Where, where it said, you know, I'm an Iraq war veteran and, uh, you know, Captain America is what I define me and what kept me alive through my PTSD and all these other things. So I, I'm coming. I'm coming for you. And you're uh, I, ba- I based my morality uh, 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 for 21 years off of Captain America and how good he was. And now you're telling me he was a Hydra agent this entire time. Well, guess what? If, mo- if my, that morality doesn't isn't concerned you know, concerning you anymore, well, then I'm coming for you. I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you. He wrote that to the writers of a comic book company. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the line for me. I mean, <laughs> do, do, do you know what that's I mean? The line? Like, to, to, well, to me, it's it's very, very clear. Like, like I, I, I believe strongly in the fact that you cannot tell someone how to react to art. I mean, there's even a line in this article about people shouldn't be reacting to art this way. And that just makes my skin crawl because how do you tell someone how to react to something except to say that when it comes to threats and violence, that's that's black and white to me. That's not okay. That's just not okay. And no. the... Uh, the, these are, uh, in the vast majority of these cases, you know, just words, and that is true. However, there, you know, we have to find, we have to come up with a solution to the 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 power that anonymity gives you on the internet, where people feel like they can say anything, and the culture that that creates in your online community. Absolutely. Um, like I, I'm a 13 year old and my voice mattered, you know, and I can shoot, you know, it's, it's really, I don't know. It, it, actually, maybe, but, maybe Liz can, maybe Liz can speak to this because like Trekkie culture is no known for its level of rabidness. And, and you've seen William Shatner and some of the other folks on the receiving end of that rabid fandom and even was made fun of in Galaxy Quest. I mean, Liz, do you think that even fandom in that part goes too far or or is that enough? But violence is too far for me. I guess this is what I've been pondering while I've been listening to everyone talk is more so how the Internet has really made the world smaller in that a lot of personal information can be reached quite easily. And I think that's what makes it even scarier. Um, I've gotten threats. I do write for a movie blog. I've also um, written reviews about uh, other kind of geekdom things, and I've received threats. And as a woman, sadly, I get a lot of that kind of attention. Um, And, you know, at first you're just like, they're just trolls. Don't feed the troll. But then when they come back with personal details about your life, then you're sort of like, whoa, that has crossed the line. I think there's something about the adoration um, of Trek fans when it's done in a positive light. Um, I think at its core, fandom does uh, have a positive spirit. But once the seed of hate is planted, it's really easy for everyone to just go down that path. So for Mm. instance, it's definitely a mob mentality that 
it's so much easier. And I don't know if this is a symptom of American culture in general, that we like to destroy things more than we like to lift things up. It's Mm. easier to destroy something than it is to lift up in American culture. Um, And Mm. I think once that starts on like a a forum or a tweet, it just, it's, it just snowballs. Um, But I think at the core of it, and I I go back to what that man wrote in the Captain America threat letter, there were a lot of positive things he said in there, but at the end of the day, he issued a death threat. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's not okay. And that's where the scales tip, right? And okay. it's even scarier because as much as Twitter and Facebook and all these wonderful social platforms connect us, they also can expose very personal private information. Again, I think back to Gamergate. You know, these are just words, but when these words turn into your address being leaked online and the safety of your family comes into question, that's really scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And by the way, let's not just dismiss this as crazy uh, 13-year-olds uh, pretending like, you know, because, <laughs> no. you know, the guy who wrote that article, that letter um, to for the Captain America letter was 21 years old or 25 years old. Hmm. These are not children. These aren't all just, you know, um, children who haven't learned to socialize. These right. are some of them are adults. These are adults who haven't learned how to socialize. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. Well, yeah. I, think, well. <laughs> I think it harkens back to also what Iris said earlier about anonymity. It These masks, yeah. when we get to just be these masks, you know, we can put these masks on, then we can let out these different monsters that are sometimes good and sometimes really terrible exactly like how many dark thoughts have we all had sitting in a room you know and all the sudden now well not all the sudden but with the internet now you have the ability to post those thoughts on an impulse and millions of people potentially can see them right you know, like it that is definitely an aspect of the internet. The internet is the best and the worst all at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it, it 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 amplifies both aspects of our emotional life. Hmm. Are any of us here uh guilty of uh poor conduct online when it became to fandom? I don't think when it came to fandom, I mean, I've got I've gotten in a big flame wars over other things, but I don't think I've ever, you know, I don't think I've get, ever gotten like deep into ones where where I was yelling at somebody about it. I've, I've gotten into arguments with people about, no, you th- that's dumb. You 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 that you think that about that. Yeah, movie. of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's uh, what I don't think. Again, that's I've what our podcast to... has always been about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's why we have a show. I don't think I, I don't think I've ever taken it to a point where where it was like, oh no, oh no, you didn't, you know, yeah. right. the, oh no, you didn't point. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think I have. I think the worst I've ever done is like spoiled something, right. and that was totally by accident. And then I get a lot of heat for that. But like, <laughs> you know, the other thing I did was, um, I was trolled, and then I fed the troll. And that was something I shouldn't have done. A learning experience. That was definitely a learning experience. Um, well, unfortunately, there are people on the internet that believe that a woman ex- speaking her mind uh, online is automatically uh, uh, a target. Um, so you get it more than we do, uh, for sure. 
Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. it's uh, very it's disgraceful that is that that that's the case. And by the way, if any of our listeners, uh, if this sounds like you, um, I don't care if you never listen to us again. You can go f yourself. <laughs> we don't need we don't need you as listeners. <laughs> yeah, stop doing it. Yeah, if there's only five people left, I'm fine with that as being an audience. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I, I've always thought that. I've actually found that Geeks On listeners have been some of the most respectful, most involved, most. I totally agree. We've had we had back when we had the old forums before they got destroyed by spammers. Um, there were some hot topics, and mm-hmm. they would argue, but they were all respectful. All and respectful. They're all and they're all friends now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all on Facebook uh, friends, and in fact, if they go on vacation, they they visit cities. They uh, they meet each other for drinks. Um, our fans. <laughs> Because they had great conversations. When they disagreed, um, they uh, they were okay with dis- disagreeing with each other, and they didn't treat the artist or anybody disrespectful. I mean, it's okay to you know to go off on art. That, yeah, passion passion is okay. Absolutely, yeah, that's what you hope for when yeah. you're an artist. Uh, yeah. But if you if you expect people to be doing things for you specifically, um, the, that's uh, that's a bit of a problem. I, I get on the I play uh, Elder Scrolls online. Um, Are you still playing that? Um, I take a little break just to play some single player games, but I'm going to get back on again. I, I, I think it's fun. So my first uh, Xbox game that I played was uh, Skyrim. Oh well, you amazing! Oh, oh it was so good. Uh, if you get onto the forums of these uh, of this video game, uh, you have these people who uh, who claim to want to help, but these people on the forums they 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 feel like they're entitled to get a personal email to have them to, to, to walk them through why the game isn't working or to have them help out, and it's very frustrating to see that online because there's quite a few of them. Mm. Now is is. Is this in any way about, you know, because I think geek culture tends to be smarties who read. Is this in any way the entitlement of intelligence that that I know I'm very smart? Can't you tell? And and uh, you should listen to me because I'm smart and therefore I can I can show you what you're what, what you're not getting. It's yeah. it's it's not it. thuggish. It's really it's really listen to me because it's it's really it's childish, but it's not thuggish. You know, it, it's really waving hands in the air, going listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I mean, it could be. I mean, he could have been the smart kid on his, you know, on his block his entire life, but it's still. And he may have the answer. Mm. <laughs> he may have the answer how to fix the video game, but there's still this entitlement. He Pro- probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but he believes he's entitled to an answer from the creators of the video game of uh, and a personal personal attention. Hmm. Or yeah. in, in in the sports world, we call them armchair quarterbacks. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it. It has a lot to do with uh, insecurity, I think, to be honest, you know, like uh, a lot of there there's there's a lot of people that want to be working for video game companies and for various reasons are not able to do that. And Mm -hmm. 
there's frustration and you know feelings of inadequacy that are that surround that and so i have to imagine that's a lot of where this comes from i feel like with arts and sports anything that elicit fans you would never have this reaction if you were like getting a knee surgery like you would never have like a forum of people being like, well, I can fix your ACL. I know how to do it. Like right? a doctor's forum. Right. Like that. I mean, maybe those exist and I'm just being very. I think they do exist. Well, probably other surgeons are more concerned with being prepared for their own surgeries. Sure. Be, you know. But I think there's a, I think. It's idle hands. It's yeah. got to be a lot of, uh, it's got to be a lot of idle hands. You know, people sitting around with well, time that's what I thought maybe we could wrap this up is like how do we how do we uh, how do you push this feeling that you have and put it in a more constructive way and I think that's exactly it you sh this should inspire you to make your own video game right. make your own write your own book make your own do the art that you feel like you want mm -hmm. if you if the person if George R. R. Martin isn't writing the next book fast enough and trust me when I read that when, when we brought up the article of, of Misery, I, the first thing I thought of is, man, I've heard fans talk about George R. R. Martin where they're as if they would strap him down to a like bed. They want to lock, lock him up in a cabin. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. It, it puts the pen, pen to the page. Yeah. But, you know, go. Nice. Some Silence of the Lambs in there. Oh. Go write your own novel, make yeah. it amazing. Be the have George R. R. Martin inspire you to make the next badass series. And yeah. if you think it's easy enough for him to do it, then do it yourself. If it's easy enough for you to fix goddamn uh, Elder Scrolls Online because it's so goddamn easy, make your own MMO and make it badass. Because right. if you really are that talented and it's that easy to you, then I can't wait to play your game. I, I think that exposes the truth, which is that it's much easier to Bitch. tear something down from the outside than it is to actually create something. And that if it were so easy, um, everyone would be doing it. Mm -hmm. True. You know? But it, it is an opportunity. You know, we all, all artists, well, any, all creators uh, are inspired by something. So yes. if you read something that's amazing and you feel like, oh my God, I want to be part of this. I want to, I feel, I feel a, a, an ownership to this. Then that's how you become another creator. You love Harry Potter so much that, you know, you write your own books. George R. R. Martin is a Tolkien fan. Tolkien inspired him to write his novels. Mm -hmm. And this is an opportunity to, you know, to inspire creativity. You You're know what Tokyo right. should have done? He should have killed everybody. <laughs> like Frodo should have died. Sam should die. Totally you want a little more George R. R. Martin? Oh, you want Boromir should have died? No, this is George R. 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 Martin as a as a as an eighteen year old reading. Oh reading, right. <laughs> yes. Reading Game of the If the internet existed in the nineteen sixties. Nineteen sixties. You know what? <laughs> Well, you know, he's he has said things like that in the past. I mean, he's a huge fan of Tolkien, but he has said, I've always read Tolkien. It was like, well, it just doesn't seem like realistic in these ways. Like they never, uh, you know, in, in whatever way he thought. And he said, I would like to change that. Yeah, Martin has a very clearly rather uh, 
sarcastic, pessimistic view <laughs> that oozes from his storytelling. And that's why I like him. <laughs> well, somebody had said uh, he I can't remember his mom took away his comic books or something like that. And so he started writing. Um, and, and he had these like six turtles and like one would die and then the next one would die. And so he came up with this idea that they were they had like uh, an arrangement and they were killing each other because he couldn't see how they were doing it. So he started <laughs> writing stories about his turtles plotting to kill each other. There you go. There you go. Man has turtles comes up with a plot to, you know, get the Game of Thrones. I just also want to say if you ever feel like you have, I guess, really big feelings like. You just can't control yourself. You might hurt yourself or others. I see a doctor. Please see a doctor. I go to a therapist, and there is no shame in it. <laughs> That's very true. Honestly. Um, and sometimes those sessions can help lead you to creating wonderful things because you get out of your own way. Yeah. And I and I and I want to say, Aaron, props to you for that is the light in the darkness you know, that hopefully more people go towards, which is if you have all these strong feelings, you know, be a creator. It's one of the most wonderful things that you can do with those feelings. I mean, that's the reason why we started a podcast year 10 years ago is because we wanted to talk about, you know, our fandom and get some of that stuff out. And uh, so creating a forum to discuss and positively or negatively, you know, is makes us uh, closer to all all the things that we love. Yep. And yeah. actually, you know, and and also you can you can always try to scrub it from the Internet if you. You know, if you don't like it. <laughs> but let me be very clear. This is something I tell all my young cousins. <laughs> Once never you put dis- something on the internet, it never disappears. Never disappears. Have you have you heard about Axel Rose doing this? Oh, no. God. He, he he sent out a, a a cease and desist to Google to get them to stop all the memes about him being fat. <laughs> All the, all the fat axle memes are like, they're like, stop it, I'm not fat. All right, are we wrapping this up because we're picking on poor Axel now. Oh, uh, all right, any, any, that, that is the traditional uh, ending of the uh, the podcast, correct? Yes, right. it is. Let's we get to Axel. Yep. That's the end. Uh, well, thanks everybody for uh, jumping online uh, late and helping us with this episode. Uh, it was a great discussion too. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, thanks for having thanks for having me. You're very welcome. You come back, y'all. Now yes. you're here. Come back, y'all. Now you're here. All right, everybody, have a great geek week. Thanks. Bye.